All right, thanks for tuning in. We're going to do a quick market recap. And then this week, we're talking about a couple of different things here. We're talking about uh, U.S. housing starts and what's going on with housing. Uh, it's no secret that housing prices are spiking, and it's it's as crazy as, of a real estate market as it's been since 2005 or six or maybe even seven. Uh, and so we're going to examine that a little bit. And then we're also going to be talking about leading indicators and what leading economic indicators could perhaps tell us or help us forecast about continued growth in the economy. Stay tuned. You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. So it's late summer, and you can pretty much bank on three things happening when we're in late summer. It's going to be hot. It's hot as a heck. It, it's still regularly ab- well above 100 degrees where we are. I think it's 104 maybe today. So that's one of the things. One of the second things is as you as we get closer to the end of summer, my kids are going stir crazy and they are ready to be back at school. And the third thing you can usually bank on towards the end of summer is a little bit of volatility. And this week was no different. Uh, major markets finished the week higher after starting the week lower with the Dow Jones off by more than 2% after Monday's trading. Market participants were really concerned about the increase in the Delta COVID-19 virus cases. But really, market sentiment kind of changed throughout the last week, given strong second quarter earnings results. So growth sectors, which are consumer discretionary, information technology, communication services, those all led the week on the backs of positive earnings, but also on the belief that even in the midst of an economic recovery, these stocks can continue to do well in comparison with the economically sensitive value names. So the real big news this week was really the dip in the 10-year Treasury yield which started the market on a defensive note. Uh, But really, the robust earnings season uh, so far has kind of changed some of that narrative, and bulls are still leading the way in this market. Uh, Both emerging markets as well as the energy sector lagged this last week and are lower over the past month. Really regarding energy, which we've talked about in the past, these names kind of appear to be pricing in a ceiling for West Texas Intermediate Crude or WTI Crude, potentially on concerns about increasing supplies globally. Prices in natural gas futures markets are signaling falling prices in the coming months, even though spot prices were up sharply this week. And emerging market stocks appear challenged by the regulations placed on U.S.-listed Chinese stocks by Chinese regulators in addition to the ongoing multifaceted U.S.-China tensions. So going forward, emerging market performance could be really challenged if these headwinds continue to strengthen. Uh, Just quickly, we can look at bonds and commodities also. The Bloomberg Barclays U.S. Aggregate Bond Index gained ground again last week as the yields actually declined. High-yield bonds as denoted by the Bloomberg High Yield Bond Index, finished the week flat as stocks rebounded in what continues to be a relatively tough year for for fixed income, for bonds. Commodities were mostly lower this last week, uh, with natural gas really as the standout returning over 10% for the week and almost 60% for the year. Let's take a look now at U.S. housing starts. 
Uh, and last week we received, it was actually on, on Tuesday of last week, July 20th, uh, the U.S. housing starts uh, were reported to have increased 6.3% in June to 1.64 million units, which is actually a three-month high, which is great news. By region, housing starts rose in the south and west, and in the northeast, single-family home construction soared more than 34% from the prior month. So the data suggested that residential construction continued its sharp post-COVID rebound, despite the difficulties that builders are having in finding labor and materials. I'll link to one of LPL's charts of the day from last week that shows that housing starts are now hovering in the same territory as the highs reached prior to the Great Recession. So this is an economic instance spurred by excess housing activity and high home prices. So while recent housing activity has been decidedly robust, efforts to ramp up supply still haven't offset demand. The chart, if you click on the link in the description below, the chart actually illustrates that the month's supply of home inventory continues to dwindle. It's only two and a half months of inventory as of last May. And this has actually kept an upward pressure on housing prices and reduced housing affordability. Uh, the, the LPL Research Department actually noted last week that U.S. residential construction activity continues to be robust, but builders faced with labor shortages, high material costs, and so on can't seem to catch up with demand. The supply of home inventory continues to shrink, which actually suggests that today's U.S. housing market may be even tighter than it was prior to the Great Recession. So we believe that the tight supply condition here isn't expected to dissipate anytime soon. And why is that? Well, a key reason is that home building activity may be showing signs of slowing. So when you take a look at building permits, not starts, but building permits, building permits are a proxy for future housing construction. And this was these numbers were also released last Tuesday. And building permits actually fell 5.1% in June following a 2.9% drop in May. And that's the lowest permit activity since October 2020. And it suggests that a more moderate pace of home building is, is coming here in the next few months. High material costs and shortages of land and labor are really stifling efforts to ramp up supply and meet demand. So should these current conditions persist, I think we really believe that high, high housing prices could begin to negatively impact consumer spending and become a net drag on economic growth in the coming quarters. Really high prices can lead to higher mortgage payments and then, and higher rental costs. And so according to the S&P CoreLogic, CoreLogic Case-Shiller Home Price Index, say that three times fast, house prices rose 14.9% year over year in April, which is the latest set of data that's available. And that same index has risen by double digit percentages since September, a pace that's likely not sustainable for long. So here we are. When we talk about inflation, as everybody does, we even did it on this podcast last week. This housing stuff is is a supply constraint, and it's not even though housing starts increased, building permits are slowing, which suggests to us that um, the month's supply of home inventory could continue to dwindle and keep that labor market really, really tight. And if you've tried to sell or buy a house in the last six months, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. So we just got done talking about U.S. housing starts and talking about uh, building permits, and those are those are forward-looking. That's forward-looking economic data, right? That's saying these home builders are either starting on homes or 
applying for permits, and that should tell us a little bit about what they are trying to do as they go forward. Those are the kinds of economic indicators that we want to look at, and they're often called leading indicators or leading economic indicators. So last Thursday on the 22nd, the conference board actually released its June 2021 report detailing the latest reading for the Leading Economic Index, or LEI, which is actually a composite of 10 data series that tend to lead to lead changes in the economic activity. They don't lead to changes, but they measure uh, changes in the economy that kind of are forward-looking. So many economic data points are backward-looking, like the, the jobs numbers that everybody obsesses over. Those are backward-looking. But we like to pay special attention to the LEI as it has the forward-looking tilt and it spans several segments of the economy. Now, this LEI, this leading economic index, grew seven-tenths of a percent month over month, which is actually a bit slower than the previous three months, but it's still squarely in positive territory. LPL Research noted last week that the market's upward momentum is actually contending with a few bearish narratives at the moment, one of which is the second derivative economic growth concerns. Uh, But while June's LEI growth really did come in below the elevated levels of the last few months, I think it's reasonable um, that you would expect plenty of strong economic growth ahead of us. Just because we are not sprinting at the pace economically that we were the last few months doesn't mean we've stopped running forward. Growth, even healthy, this is healthy, good growth, just not at the breakneck pace that we've had. I'm going to link also uh, to the LPL chart showing the LEI's growth rate as it came off its hot run from the last three months. And you'll see that it's still growing at a healthy clip by by historical standards, really. Eight of the 10 components in the LEI grew in June, while two fell. So average weekly initial claims for unemployment insurance and the Institute for Supply Management New Orders Index and the Leading Credit Index represented the three largest positive contributors to the LEI. Building permits, which we just talked about, and average weekly manufacturing hours actually detracted from the overall index's performance. So we talked about this last month in our coverage of the May LEI report that the trailing three months had all seen monthly gains in excess of a percent, which is a historically rare feat. And so perhaps then some give back was expected this month as the LEI can actually kind of be a volatile, volatile data set. Through this lens, and in this context, we can really kind of sit back and understand that interpreting the the deceleration that we got this month as a sign that the economic outlook is deteriorating is probably something we want to try and avoid, right? We don't want to extrapolate too much from just this one month. The broader trend remains definitely positive, and I think here we remain in the early stages of a new economic post-COVID expansion which, frankly, can be accompanied by some occasional jitters, and we've seen it. Uh, Even last Monday, the market was kind of all out of whack over this Delta variant. But continued strong breadth among underlying components should act as support for the overall LEI in the index. So we continue to see plenty of reasons for optimism as we go into the second half of 2021, where really we expect the labor supply to come back online and these bottlenecks that we've been experiencing will start to resolve themselves and will allow for some increased output. So I'm going to leave it there. I hope you have a great week. If you have any questions about anything we covered in today's podcast, feel free to check us out online at FordFG.com. You can email us at info at FordFG.com. And I look forward to talking to you next week.
the advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.